Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. I want to deal with the topic today. There is absolutely no possible way I will cover everything today. It's just it's impossible. When you dive into what we're going to talk about today, being born again, righteousness, through faith, just this whole topic, it's so broad, it's so massive, there's no way we're going to cover it all. But I'm hoping by grace we will lay a really good foundation. Born again. I want to, I don't know, we're just going to get into this. There's so much. Born again through faith. I need you to understand before we even jump into some scriptures, I need you to understand that to be born again is through faith. It's not through the prayer you repeated it's not because you came to the front. It has to be through faith. This life, this Christendom as a whole, is only done by faith. As a matter of fact, religion is just all the stuff that Christians are supposed to be without faith. Okay? Let's jump into some scriptures. I'm going to read through this whole story because why not, right? We love the Bible. So John chapter 3. We're going to read the first 17 verses. <laughs> You're welcome. Y'all ready? There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher, that you do the for no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, so I always connected that to what he's about to say. You know what I mean? But if you think about it, he just said, we know you're from God because of everything you're doing. And Jesus says, most assuredly. In other words, you got that right. You better know it. Sorry. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again. Everybody say born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. All right. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes if you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Good luck with that scripture. Verse 9, Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Aren't you the teacher? And you don't even know these things? <laughs> I love Jesus. He was so awesome. Most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe them, how are you going to believe when I speak of heavenly things? If you can't even keep up with me and I'm talking in the natural, you sure can't keep up with me when I start talking in the spirit. Totally lost my place. Thirteen. No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. But whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Why? 
the most popular scripture in the Bible. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Father, I thank You for this morning. I ask that You would just speak to Your people today. Father, help us stir up our spirit and our faith to really hear and obey and understand Your Word this morning. We thank You for it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Born again. If you take that and break it down into Greek, it actually means to be born from above. Is the, and, and if you take it even further and go to the Aramaic, it says be born from the origin. Oh, we're going to work this tomorrow. You ready? You ready? To be born from the original design. Wow. Mm, this is already good. All right, y'all go home. No, I'm kidding. Let me show you some things here. First of all, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that you were in Adam when he fell in the beginning, and therefore we all born into a fallen nature? Yes. That should be a yes. <laughs> According to Scripture, I'm not going to go there and read them all, but in Romans 5, 12-14, Paul opens up to us and begins to show us that because we were in Adam when he fell, then we by natural birth are born into failure. How many would say, I feel like I was born into failure? <laughs> it was in our it was in our it was in the seed within us. We come from a seed of a fallen nature. So guess what? Do you know how you believe that? By faith. You have faith in the understanding that when Adam fell, you fell. You know why? Because we don't have any physical proof. Oh, I'm just gonna throw some stuff out there today. Uh, it's not money. <laughs> uh, so listen, it's by faith. So did you know, because we always connect faith to, well, by faith I am born again. Did you know also you were a sinner by faith? Because you see, faith is not exclusive to God. Faith is your core belief system. So if you live a negative perception, it's because you have faith in that and God is not negative. So that faith is not in God, but it is faith. Wow, where do I go from here? So Adam was born by the breath of Abba, right? From the breath of God. We know that before he was born, it says the spirit hovered above. Right? Well, guess what? If you jump way ahead to Matthew, you also find another person born because the Spirit hovered above them. See where I'm going here? The angel comes to Mary and says, you're going to have a son. And she says, how? I haven't slept with nobody. I was trying to see if there's little kids in the room. How is it even going to be possible? I'm, I'm still a virgin. There's no way. He said, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. When it hovers over you, I'm going to breathe something in like I did originally. Oh, come on now. Because remember he said born again. Born of the origin. So Jesus had to be born like the original. Did you know that God even prophesied it in Genesis chapter 3 when he said, I'm going to put enmity between you and the seed of the woman. Guess what? The woman don't carry the seed. The man does. 
So he was prophesying it would be a woman who has a seed that did not come from a man. Isn't the Bible incredible? Isn't it amazing when you actually begin to let him show you the connection of how he threaded from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to the end of Revelations? He knew exactly what he was doing. It's almost as if he knew the end from the beginning. But you see, what happened is we see this, this birth come about and Jesus was born without a fallen nature because Joseph was not his daddy. If it would have been Joseph's seed, then the fallen seed would have been in Jesus. But there was no fallen nature in him because it wasn't Joseph. It was God. So this is where we find the term, which I was going to title this that, but I didn't want to be too facetious. Uh, immaculate conception. If you know anything about Catholicism, you know that this is a big deal. And they relate all this to Mary because it was an immaculate conception. It was perfect conception. Why? Because none of us knuckleheads had anything to do with it. Sometimes I feel like women today would be better off if they could just have kids without us. Messing it up. <laughs> so listen. So we, we come into this immaculate conception. Why is it an immaculate conception? Because there was zero fallen nature in this seed. There's a scripture where it says that uh, the devil had no, what's the scripture I'm looking for? No hold on Jesus. Nothing to, uh, he, Satan has nothing in me. Do you realize he was prophesying of a virgin birth? In other words, you were born from some knucklehead. So your nature is fallen. But I was born from God. And there is no fallenness in me. There is no sin in me. You know, this even takes it a step further. We like to say, hmm, how do I approach this properly? We like to say, well, we can do it sinless because Jesus did it. But can I tell you, you can't. Because you were born into a fallen nature that he wasn't. But being born again, born through faith, we're born into immaculate conception. So actual being born again through faith is so immaculate that I no longer have a fallen nature in me. Start making me get ahead of myself. Calm down. Now listen, I'm fixing to run through some scriptures, and I didn't get them to you on the stream because everything I do today, we're going to establish by scripture. So when you leave, you will have no reason to say, I don't know about that one. <coughs> if you tell me you believe the Bible, then by faith, you have to believe what we're fixing for out yes. Deal? Yes. So, I'm, I'm torn on how to do this. Do I run through these quick and tell you to write them down because I know you're awesome students and you have to be taking notes right now? Or do I take my time and let you go to each scripture? 1 John chapter 3. Let's jump over there. I'm going. You might as well go with me. I'll tell you what. I don't know how much reading y'all do in 1 John. But he don't play. He didn't show up to play games. Man. 1 John chapter 3. I'm just going to extract some scriptures out of here. Let's look at verse 5. Actually, let's do 5, 6, and 7. And you know that He was manifest to take away our sins, and in Him there is no sin. Whoever abides in Him does not sin. Wait, 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 wait. 
Wait a second. I'm just a sinner saved by grace, brother. I'm just a sinner. And thankful to grace, I get to repent on Sunday. See, here's the deal. You were a sinner saved by grace. In a single moment, you were a sinner. And when He saved you by grace, now you're born into immaculate conception. And there should be no fallen nature within you. So then John writes, whoever abides in Him, which is to be born again in immaculate conception, does not sin. I'm just reading the scripture. Why? Because whoever sins is not really seen him or known him. If you, if you keep sinning, then clearly you didn't really get to know him. Remember, this is by faith. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. Not kind of righteous, not somewhat righteous, not you need to work on your righteous. You're as righteous as Jesus. As righteous as Jesus. Let's look at verse 9. Can we jump to verse 9? Hey, who's preaching this? Whoever has been born of God does not sin. Why? Because his seed was in me. Wait a second. According to scriptures, because of Genesis, I'm born with a fallen seed. But once I am in Christ, it says now His seed is in me and His seed is perfect. Because He cannot sin. Oh, this is just getting better. Why? Because He has been born of God. That is the gospel. Put a period on it. Let's go to the house. We have just debunked Every theory that says, I'm just a sinner. I'm just going to mess up. I'm just going to make mistakes. No, see, you live like that because you have faith in that. But if I had faith that what he says is true, that I would be born into immaculate conception and I would live without a fallen nature within me. Why? Through faith. Where you put your faith is where you live and how you live. So if you have faith in the fallenness of Adam, guess what? You're going to fall like Adam. But that's where we live. We live, well, I'm a descendant of Adam. Well, I feel sorry for you. I'm just, I come from Adam and he messed it up for all of us. Not for me. Because he may have messed it up, but someone came later and fixed it Don't go there. I'm going to read it really quick. For Adam. 
He is. So are we one day when we get to heaven. Oh, you better know your Bible. As He is, so are we in this world. What is Jesus right now? Perfect righteousness. As He is right now, so am I in this world. Not one day when I get to heaven. If you have faith in the fact that you will fail and fall all the way to heaven, guess what? You might make it to heaven, but you're going to do it failing and falling all the way there. I'm telling you guys, it's where we put our faith. It's where you put your... Do we believe that as He is right now, so are we? Because it says He's perfect righteousness. He can't sin. Oh my gosh, 1 John 2.29. If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of Him. Born of Him. So do we really believe in being born again or do we believe in behavior modification? Because they're two totally different things. Because I would be willing to bet the Pharisee named Nicodemus that he just said you better be born again was a way better person than most people sitting in this room. Me included. Right? Live the Ten Commandments to a T. Memorize the first five books of the Bible. Somebody quote me one scripture from Leviticus. That's what I thought. I can't even. You see what I'm saying? They had it nailed down. They had it better than we could ever imagine happening. And Jesus said, Sorry, bro, you have me born again. It's not about it's not about moral behavior. It's, it's not. Moral behavior is just a fruit of what's gonna happen to you. It's a fruit of your faith. Isn't it crazy that in the dialect on being born again is where we get the most quoted scripture in the Bible? John 3 16. And we always focus on for God so love the world. And that is incredible. But the whole scripture is contingent on that whosoever believe. The whole scripture is contingent on your faith. You can quote, he came because he loved the world all day long. But if you don't believe it, you don't live like it. Because your faith is not in it. It's Where's our faith? See, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that it's all by faith. Why did he throw in this crazy analogy of the wind in a context of being born again? Because you believe in the wind, right? You don't know where it comes from or where it goes. It's such a mystery. It's so foreign. So to being born again. I'm telling you guys, it takes faith. You've got to believe it that I have been born into righteousness. Let's jump to Romans chapter 30. Let's go there. This is going to be fun. Isn't there so much joy in you this morning? If you're there, say amen. amen. If you're not, just fake it. <laughs> Romans chapter 3. Let's look at verse... Oh gosh, there's so many, but I'm just going to pull some out, okay? Verse 22. Romans 3 and 22. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. To all and on all who believe. I'm telling y'all, this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the righteousness of God is what? Through faith. Through faith in Christ. 
23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I would be willing to bet all the money in my bank account. <laughs> and my mom laughs. Because she knows how terrible I have a budget. Uh, I would be willing to bet all my money that most of the people in this room have quoted, been quoted, or held on to verse 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's what we build our faith on. We got faith in falling short. That's a real Bible. Pray for me, Pastor. Probably going to mess it up this week. So just pray that my faith don't fail me. Oh, it would be funny if it wasn't so real. But how many have quoted, lived by, and put your faith in verse 24? Go ahead. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by His blood through faith to demonstrate His righteousness. So which would you rather leave with today? 23 or 24? 24. Come on. Man, man. Mm. This is fun. We've all fallen short, Pastor. Oh, but Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't fall short at all. Don't get into it. Ephesians 2, 8 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Somebody quoted it. By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It's just a gift of God, not a result of your works. Because if it was, you'd be boasting about it. If you could do this by what you could come out with, your head would be so big you could walk without it. You want everybody to follow you and be a part of your ministry and come to your meetings and be in your church? Oh, because look what I look at the program I put together. Look at the 12 steps I come up with and put me here in this place. Oh, man, but what if we come in realizing, man, it's a gift. It's a gift. And when I believe, all of a sudden I went from knucklehead who can't do nothing right and all I do is fall to perfect righteousness. It's the gospel of the kingdom. It's not a result of your works. You couldn't do nothing to get here. Mm. So look, this all wraps up and I'm going to pull one little short scripture out of the Old Testament, Habakkuk 2 and 4. Some of you may know this scripture. You may not know the address because it's in the back. But you're going to know when I quote it. The just shall live by faith. The just, which actually a lot of translations translate that to the righteous. The righteous shall live by faith. Your life is by faith. If your life is totally messed up right now, it's by faith. We just don't see this side of the Christianity. It's by faith. Most of us are living below our means because we have faith in living below our means. We expect it. Faith is an expectation. Guess what? What you expect, you get it. You expect to be broke, you're probably going to stay broke. You expect to fall and sin and fail? You're going to fall, you're going to sin, and you're going to fail. And it's going to be by your faith. By your faith. I wish I could take a poll of just this room right now. 
and see how many people have ever been taught, discipled, studied, or anything these scriptures that I'm using. These scriptures have almost become foreign in the New Testament church. Because we do something that we heard a pastor call accommodating theology. And because I've always failed, I need a theology that backs up my fall. So what I'm going to do is, I'm going to go take scriptures like Romans 3 and 23. All have fallen come short of the glory of God. That's our theology. That's what we build our lives on. But thank God His mercy is new every morning. I heard a pastor say, His mercy is new every morning. But I don't want to need it in the morning. I knew this was going to be foreign. So this is the deal. Our lives are lived by faith no matter which direction we take. So which do we live? Which, which? We'll come out in a minute. So which do we put more faith in? The righteousness of Jesus Christ or the fallenness of Adam? Your, your life is the answer. Our lives are the answer. If you live a life of fallenness, then guess where your faith is in? If you live a life of righteousness, guess where your faith is in? See, because faith is, faith is not exclusive to God. Faith is what you invest yourself into. It's, it's what you expect. It's what begins to govern and direct your life. So I believe the church has adopted a fallenness faith. Our faith is in the fact that we're going to mess this thing up. I believe some of you came up here this morning and had some incredible encounters, some awesome prayer. But before you made it to your seat, there was that thought of, yeah, but... Yeah, but you see, you don't know what it's like for me. You don't know what I go back to. You don't know what I live in. So you just took your faith and put it in that. And you put your faith in where you live, what you deal with, what you go through. And when our faith is in that, then that's what reigns. So he said, by faith, we are the righteousness. We are His righteousness. To be born again is to be born into an immaculate conception. Which is a conception that has no fallen nature in it at all. It's the seed of God and the seed of God is perfect. And it doesn't even have the inclination to fall. Or to fail. Or to sin. But there's a scripture that it's very common and very popular. Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. I think we've made a mistake with this scripture and turned it into seek first the kingdom and my righteousness. I think what we've done is we've wanted the kingdom and we've wanted to try to find our right living, our right way to do things, our whatever it may be. And I feel like it's from a good motive. It's not, you know what I mean? But in reality, he said, we have to seek his righteousness. You should be looking for the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And what's crazy is in, in, in looking through some of this, I found it. Isn't that crazy? Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. So if you're looking for His righteousness, look no further because I found it. 
2 Corinthians 5 and 21. It says, For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Where? In Christ Jesus. So the righteousness that I am to seek for is only found in one place. In Christ Jesus. The righteousness that we are to seek after is impossible to receive, to find, or to get outside of Christ Jesus. He knew no sin, yet He became something He was not, so that I could become something I could not. So this scripture literally tells me that I go in an instant from being in sin that by faith to the righteousness of God. If I have faith in the fact that I am the righteousness of God, how can I come up with a doctrine that says I fall and I fail? And I That's to say, you can't have both in other words. You can't believe 2 Corinthians 5, 21 and believe you have a fallen nature. It's one or the other. So your faith has to go into one or the other. See, there, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lester, Lester Summerall said, and I'm going to butcher this, I know, but you'll get the point. He said one time, a young person is going to read the Bible and by faith believe it in such a way we'll all be ashamed of how we live. Come on, bro. What was he saying? It's not about time. It's not about intellect. It's not how long you're in it. It's, I read it. I believe it by faith. And now I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It reminds me of a story I heard of a young boy, uh, a young man in Africa. Who ended up in a church service, I believe. The preacher preached the gospel of the kingdom. He accepted it, gave his life to Christ. Opened his Bible, read it and read where the prophet raised the people from the dead. So he put his Bible down and went to the city and started asking, Is there any dead people around here? Is, it, is there any dead people here? Because according to this... My faith says I'm here to raise him. Guess what he did? Raised someone from the dead and was saved hours before. Don't come at me with, it's a process, brother. No, it's by faith. It's by faith. I read it, and, and, and that's huge. Let's just be honest. That's a huge scale. If you can't believe you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, don't ask him. To raise the dead. Exactly. Wow. Makes sense. How do I do this? See, the problem is, we haven't put our faith in the righteousness. His righteousness. We don't actually believe that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And our lives are the testament of it. But when we step into a place where I begin to believe that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. That is who I am. Then in Christ, nothing is impossible. Wow. Where are we at? Second Corinthians 5. Somewhere in there. 5 and 21. So we did 17. Right? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Go, all things have Actually, I think we skipped out. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. 
me throw this out to you. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All the old has passed away. So if I say I'm in Christ, but I still act like I, the old me, what does that say about my faith? And here's the thing, guys. I'm not telling you if you're still acting like the old per, per, old could. If you're still acting like your old nature, that you need to join some class. I'm not telling you you need to go through this process. I'm not even telling you you need to be discipled. He didn't say by discipleship. He said by faith. You're the, we are the righteousness through faith. The problem is we're trying to disciple people who are not righteous. Wow, that was a mouthful. But you can't disciple unrighteousness. Exactly. That is the definition of behavior modification. And we've settled for making people act better. It's not about acting better, Kenny. It's about stepping into a place by faith. That I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I don't need pastor to follow me around slapping my hand. Because it's a righteousness on the inside of me. That when it comes up and it's not a part of who I am. I'll turn it off. Or if it's a conversation that doesn't reflect the righteousness that I'm in. I have to walk away. Because there's a righteousness in me. It's the, it's the righteous seed of God. If we are born of God. Then we're born of His seed. And it's immaculate. It's perfect. But we don't have faith in that. It's like we've been given permission to quote 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, but not permission to live it. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Now, when you mess up this week, wait a second. Am I a new creation or am I going to act like I used to? Pick one. Because I can't have both. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways and think that he will receive nothing from the Lord. By faith. By faith. So, so what is it, Pastor? What do I do if I'm not in this place? Get on your face. Try praying. Because I don't have what you need to become righteous. Pastor doesn't have it. Remember, it's only in one place. It's in Christ. Hmm. So which is it? By faith in Christ, am I a new Christian that no longer lives in a fallen nature? Or by faith in Adam, and I'm all, am I always going to live fallen? Where's our faith this morning? You have more faith in Adam than you do Jesus? Because if you do, if I got a scripture for you. I'm going to read this out of passion, okay? Romans chapter 5. Romans 5, 15. Write that down. And I'm going to read it to you out of the passion. This is where he just described that because Adam messed it all up, he messed it up for all of us. And we're all born into sin. And then in verse 15 is where Paul just turns it on. Ready? Now, there is no comparison between Adam's transgression and the gift that we experience. There is no comparison. It's not even in the same ballpark. For the magnitude of the gift far outweighs the crime. Thank you, Lord. 
gosh, there's so much running through my mind right now. We're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I've got to show you this little thing that he just took me to in prayer. And it may kind of seem off topic. I don't know, but it's so good I have to share with you. I was in this theme just praying this, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the only righteousness we are to seek is found in Christ. In the scripture, if any man be in Christ. And then an old song came to my mind. Now, if you know me, you know this is saying a lot. It had to have been Jesus, okay? Because old songs don't come to my mind. Let me just be real, okay? I don't, I don't have a... Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> Ah, there's an old song, and if I could sing, I'd sing it to you, but you don't want that. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. And this song came to my mind, and I began to sing it in prayer because nobody else was in the room. And I'm just singing it out. And he began to put the pieces together that if Christ is the rock of ages, he is the rock. Am I, and I am to be in Christ. Then he began to ask me and just take me on this journey to find someone that was hidden in a rock. And some of you already know where I'm going now. Moses was hidden in the rock. Why? So all his goodness could pass by him. The problem is, we're trying to get all the goodness not being hidden in the rock. See, here's the difference. Instead of hiding in the rock so that his goodness passed by, we've hidden the rock like the Israelites when Goliath was in the field. And because of our faith, we look more like the Israelites hiding scared than Moses standing in his glory. It was good for me. The cliff wasn't to hide him scared of the world and all the trouble that was in it. It was to protect him from all the goodness passing by him. Moses said, I want to see your glory. But God came and said, I'm going to let my goodness pass by you. You see the connection? For instance, I feel like I'm chasing something here, but we're going with it. If he said, I want to see your glory, and God's response was his goodness, then God's manifest glory is his goodness. Amen. Or God's glory is his manifested goodness. So, joy unspeakable and full of Glory is joy unspeakable and full of the manifestation of His goodness. Do you see the connection here? So there's a place of being in Christ where it allows all of God's goodness to pass by me. There's a place of being in Him, in Christ Jesus, that I get to experience a glory on a level that is all of His goodness. <coughs> Let's go back to Galatians and we'll Galatians chapter 5. Actually, let's read 2 and 16 just to throw it in there because it's so good. There's just so much. There's no way I can put it all in this morning. Galatians 2 and 16 says, We know full well that we don't receive God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law. But by the faith of Jesus, His faithfulness, not ours, has saved us. And we have received God's perfect righteousness. Now we know that God accepts no one by the keeping of religious law. 
So according to His faithfulness, He has saved us, and we have received God's perfect righteousness. Can we, can we receive that this morning? Can we by faith accept the fact that I am in God's perfect righteousness? If, if, if we were able to really put our faith in the fact that we are the righteous of God in Christ Jesus, there's no way it couldn't affect our life. There's no way. Why? James goes on and tells us that faith without works is dead. So if I truly had faith in it, then my works would begin to follow where my faith is at. And my faith is in the fact that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, do we identify with Adam? Or do we identify with Christ? If we stop and look at ourselves and say, hey, does my life pattern Adam? And I think we see it a lot because how often are we so quick to compare ourselves with Peter before the other one? You know what I mean? We're going through that, oh, you know how Peter was? He was loud mouth, he was freaking out, cutting people's ears off, he was a wild man. And, you know, and we draw to that. Why? That was Peter before the Immaculate Conception. That's right. But if we understood, I've never heard someone say, man, I want to relate with Peter after the other room. I've never heard someone come out and say, man, I feel like Peter when he came out of the upper room. Why? Because we've built a theology, we've built a doctrine, we've built a mindset around the fallenness of Adam. And, and, and in reality, what we've done is we've come to an Old Testament mindset. Yes. Instead of accepting a new and better covenant with better promises. Right. Isn't that what they said? Yes. So this morning... My goal was to lay a foundation for somewhere that I believe where this church is about to go. And a lot of it is so wrapped up in our identity. As a matter of fact, those of you that got to be in the prophetic prayer night, Monday before last, we all shared, people were saying stuff. The prophet of this house spoke up in that prayer meeting and said that God told us we had went from a season of waiting and were being shifted into a season of identity. And it was crazy because I had already been in the whirlwind of this, where he began to show me that the identity that I'm moving you into is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not a, this is my ministry and this is what I do. Those are all characteristics that will come easily and by nature when I actually have faith in, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's wanting to bring us back into an understanding, into a faith. That this church, by faith, begin to live as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I cannot stress that scripture enough. I actually heard a pastor uh, this week, he pastors a, I'm talking mega, mega ministry. Huge. And he gets up there and he's preaching and he says, alright, this is our memory verse for the week. And I was like, this is incredible. This dude's giving his congregation a memory verse. I love this guy. <laughs> Which I love him for a lot of other things too, but and I just thought it was awesome. So today, I want to challenge you guys. Scott, you can go ahead and come up with me and play. I want to challenge you guys this week. Uh, oh yeah, the baptism. If you want to go ahead and go to the back and start getting ready. We have a baptism today. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but I want to challenge you guys. 
Take that scripture. He that knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Write it on a sticky note. Put it on your refrigerator. I always say refrigerator because I go there a lot. Go wherever you go a lot. Put it on the mirror in your bathroom. Whatever it is, begin to just take this scripture. (coughs) David said, your word I will hide in my heart. Uh, I, I meditate on your word day and night. These types of things. Let this become what we put our faith in. Can we by faith begin to understand that there are scriptures, I'm not going to negate them. Even in 1 John, he says, if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. I'm not negating those things. But I need you to understand, he says, you have the seed of God in you, therefore you cannot sin. That's, that's definitive. That means that's the example. That's the standard. He said, but if, that means it's the exception. But what we've done in the church is we've flipped them. And we've made the if you sin the standard and the if you don't the exception. See what I'm saying? And it's because of where our faith is. So I, I want to just, I don't know what to call this. I so want you guys to see this and take this into your prayer and start stepping into a faith that says I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. What scripture is that? 2 Corinthians 5 and 1, right? I want you to take this scripture. I want you to know it. I want you to learn it. I want you to memorize it. I want you to be a part of who you are. That when that lie comes up that says, no, it's my nature to fall, or that old identity begins to feel like it's coming up again, you can say, no, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. This is who I am. I have been born of an immaculate conception, and there is no fallen nature within me at all. That's the gospel of the kingdom. That's the gospel of the kingdom. As I get ready to pray with you guys, I, uh, I want to share something with you. I, I've been reading a book called The Dream King. It's about Will Ford and Matt Lockett. If you can get this book, get it. Read it. You need it in your life. You need it in your library. If you can't afford the book, come tell me and I'll buy you this. It is incredible. It's called The Dream King. But in it, he begins to talk about the circuit riders. Any of you that may know who that is. The circuit riders is a group of Methodist preachers early when, the, when, the, when the America was being established. They would ride. They had nothing on them. Literally everything they owned could fit in a saddlebag and horse. They took a Bible, I guess a change of clothes. But he began to tell the story of these guys. And in this time, they were fighting against slavery. Part was. This was the stir. Slavery was a big deal. They were going against it. Well, these circuit riders weren't, didn't start off fighting slavery. That wasn't their goal. They were there to preach the gospel. But in preaching the gospel... It began to stir up something to just tear down slavery. In other words, the injustice that was happening, the anger towards it, the, 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 the desire to do away with this injustice was a fruit of the gospel. I, I need you to hear me for a minute. Because some of us are trying to deal with injustices 
outside of it being the fruit of the gospel. These guys were incredible. They so believed this that they began to tell every circuit rider, if you own a slave, you better set them free right now. So to the point that if they refused, they said, guess what? You're no longer a rider. Just like that. I mean, you were out. One of them got married and inherited a group of slaves. And in the day of inheritance of bringing it all, he wrote this incredible letter that had written there, setting them free and declaring the equality of men. It was, a, it was amazing. And I'm just reading about these circuit riders. But there was one that was kind of the father of this. And his last name is Asbury. I think it was Francis Asbury. And there's a quote in the book that says, as he was riding around doing this, that forefathers and political men were fighting for the freedom of our country. But these circuit riders were fighting for the freedom of our souls. And most of the religious establishment that's in this country was because of these guys. Because of their desire to just preach the kingdom and the gospel. I don't know why exactly I had to share this with you this morning, but last night, God took me into a place in prayer that I don't know if I've ever been before. And in doing so, He took me into kind of the spirit of that circuit rider. Just the way they rode such passion and a desire to see the kingdom come. And this is what stuck out, stuck out to me. It said they rode, and in their saddlebags, they kept a Bible. And they kept, I wish I could remember the exact name of it. I don't think this is the right name, but I'm going to use it. Emancipation Papers. Because they so believed that when we present the gospel to you, you're going to want to set the slaves free. They were convinced. And when you received the, the gospel, they pulled out a paper and said, All right, I'm passing it free. Is that not incredible? Have we lost the conviction that under the gospel... The result is freedom. See, see, it was so driven in them. Their desire was, and last night I went into just a time of prayer saying, we will be the people who preach the gospel of the kingdom and the freedom of every slave. Because people are still bound up in slavery today. They're still bound to situations. They're still bound in things. And I want to bring a gospel that on the heels of the gospel comes freedom. God, turn us into a bunch of circuit riders. Maybe one of the I don't want to just ride around the hallway, preaching the gospel. Shay, I need to give you a horse. That's what we've been called to do, guys. We've been called. And yes, it's done in prayer. I was doing it last night in this room. I was riding all through Caldwell declaring the freedom of Jesus Christ all over this place. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.